Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the first ever football Oscars. It's a big night for us. We uh, often celebrate our on-field accomplishments of our players. Today we celebrate some of the, I don't want to say off-field, but uh, some of the more creative uh, uses of football in film and what it means to us, and, and really talking about just what a great game it is and how we can put these movies together and, and what it what it tells us about the game that we love. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here. We are your hosts for the night. Mark, it is a beautiful night here to talk about football. And football it is a beautiful films. night. It's, it's a great night. You know, new theme music. I'm um, going with the Oscars, the Academy Award theme. Got the tux on, got some popcorn. I mean, this is a big night, big night. It certainly is. And uh, for all these films, obviously... A lot of uh, hard work went into them, and certainly, uh, you know, we appreciate that with all of them. But as a competition, you can only have one winner in each category. So, this is true. And we only had four nominees for each category, so there are going to be some, some films, some, some actors and actresses that might be snubbed here and, you know, might be a little frustrated. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go. But, I mean, I think we've got some nominees in each category that, that are very much worthy of a football Oscar. Look, the, the Academy is never without controversy. Don't let, a, don't let anyone tell you differently. And so the Football Academy kind of seems to have trended the same way here. So we do have nine awards that we are going to be going through. Need to try to wrap that up as quickly as possible in a nice, tight 20, 25-minute show. So let's get started. And the, uh, the first place to start, uh, best non-football character. And this was one that I think going in, People thought was going to be at least I thought was going to be pretty tightly contested here, but Mark, when we uh, when we took a look, what was inside that envelope wasn't particularly close. Actually, Mama Boucher, Mama Boucher, Mama Boucher from the Waterboy running away with forty six percent of the vote. Actually, uh, coming in in first place by about twenty percent. Yeah, um, I, this kind of stunned me. I mean, we, I think we had a couple of other good nominees in this category. Um, but Mama Boucher, I mean, does quite the turn in that movie. I mean, does not like the foosball. Foosball is the devil. But in the end, comes to love it because she sees what it's done for Bobby. And, and I think, you know, you talk about the transformation that you see there. You know, I think that's it, it resonates with people. It's, you know what, I didn't like football to begin with, but after actually seeing what it does for my son and, and what it means to him, she loved the game. And I think, I, yeah, I think that's a great message, you know, the the power of the game to transform hearts and minds. And that's, that's, what, that's what the character gets, you know, that's what Mommy Boucher delivers. And Kathy Bates, fantastic performance in that role. I mean, we gotta, we got to at least mention that. Absolutely outstanding. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, start to finish, powerhouse performance just all the way through there. I thought uh, my, my personal vote actually went to uh, Cheryl Yost from Remember the Titans. Uh, right. You know, I think you talk about at that point, I believe Hayden Penetieri was, I think, either like a five or six year old girl and, and, you know, arguably comes away with one of the most memorable performances from that movie. Uh, you know, just just to be able to do that at that age. Pretty impressive. It, it's, Very it, impressive. It, it certainly impressed me quite a bit. Um, who did you have in this category? I actually voted for Cameron Diaz from Any Given Sunday as okay. the owner of the Sharks. Yep. And... Um, it's kind of more of uh, I, I don't know if political is war, but kind of gives you more of a feel of sort of the off the field business aspect of football. And you know, obviously, she's trying to. I think she's trying to. She's trying to move that team, right? 
in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into the business side, the relationship with the coach, Al Pacino. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't the most powerful role in this category, but I thought it was at least deserving of a nomination. Absolutely. And actually uh, came in second place came in, in the second. category. So, so I mean, you were not alone on this one, actually. I was not. Came, I was came not. in seventh. Uh, D-Bob, uh, unfortunately, from Rudy coming in dead last here. Only 7% of the vote, which a little surprising, I think. I think. I mean, that was a fun role from John Favreau. I mean, he goes off to law school, comes back for Rudy's one game in the limo, and he's been drinking champagne all morning. It's you know, nice little sidekick to that movie, a nice little aspect of you know the guy that's not a football player, barely kind of understands the game, but starts to believe in Rudy and kind of helps him through you know Notre Dame, yep. get into Notre Dame and everything. It's you know, nice little role. Definitely, definitely. Let's uh, let's move on to our uh, next award here, and this was for best backup. This and is a great category. We, we had four great ones here. John Moxon from Varsity Blues, Willie Beeman from Any Given Sunday, Chris Comer from Friday Night Lights, Bobby Boucher from The Waterboy. Tightly contested. I believe this actually may be our closest race of the night. And in the end, Willie Beeman edges Bobby Boucher by about two votes. Yeah, um, close race. But I think in the end, the voters got this one right. I mean, you know, Bobby Boucher... Yeah, was he really technically a backup? Well, technically, he wasn't even on the team to start. So I think you could make the argument it's a more impressive transition for him, going from water boy to all star, you know, defensive player. It's that's 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 a big move right there. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget Willie Beeman was a third string QB, but you Willie know, Beeman was impressive too. Willie Beeman was at least on the team to start. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. Delivered them to the playoffs. So I mean, what, what's more impressive of a win? The Bourbon Bowl or getting the Sharks to the playoffs? You know, I've always been partial to the Bourbon Bowl. It's my favorite out of all the bowl games. But, you know, you got to say, when it's all said and done, taking that Sharks team, which no one expected to do anything to the playoffs, probably takes it. So Willie Beeman definitely a deserving winner there, uh, winning with 39% of the vote in a hotly contested uh, ballot right there. Let's move on to uh, a uh, an area that's near and dear to my heart here. This is the award for best specialist. Only three entrants in the category, probably because specialists continue to be marginalized, which what are you going to do? That's just how the world is these days. Uh, Nigel Gruff, Lucy Draper, and Vince Papali. Uh, and Gruff, who had been behind through most of the voting actually, ends up taking it with a late push, coming through with 46% of the vote to edge Vince Papali by 8%. Yeah, this one stunned me because early on in the day after we put this poll up, Nigel Gruff was well in third place. So I don't know if it was like a West Coast you know, push. Like I don't know if Nigel just, you know, he has like a California voting block that like came through in the end for him. I think it's the right. I think it's the right call, though. I mean, Nigel brought so much to that movie. I mean, I'm bloody Welsh is just such a great line. I, I I've used that in like daily. I use my it at daily least once life. or twice yeah. a week. It's yeah. hilarious, <laughs> and I'm not anything close to Welsh, but it's just that funny. I mean, going on the field, like handing the like lit cigarette to an assistant coach before he goes out to kick yep. the field goal, then he drills like a 58 yarder before halftime, and Daniel Bateman, played by John Favreau, like decks him, 
and with Madden then has to say, if it's it's a rule in football. Don't make the play if you can't handle the celebration. <laughs> I mean, just just great all around stuff. It's 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 a really well done role, and I think uh, certainly a deserving win there. I don't think it's uh, one that surprises me, but I was surprised just by the uh, you know his ability to come back there. Really, yeah. uh, really showed something that uh, you know he was able to for whatever reason connect with, as you said, potentially the West Coast voters. We're not sure. Uh, apparently has a quite quite a strong ground game uh, in the Western states. That's well, probably maybe, uh, thinking about it the other way though. Maybe it was you know the European market woke up. Saw or, the pool. Well, here's the other thing that you got to remember, Papali. You're talking about Philly here, so maybe you just had that stacked up right at the beginning. Yeah, and then once, those early votes, like the early voting. Yeah, once you got, you know, Philly has been known. Uh, they do a lot of uh, absentee ballots that are already counted before everything comes in. You know, that's probably something uh, that was going on there. Um, let's move on now to uh, take a look at the defensive side of the ball. This we, was a stacked category. This this is probably the most loaded category that we had here. Actually, that you you could go. I mean, this category when it's all said and done, you probably go eight or nine deep, and yeah. and, and, and no problem at all. One and, from one from, one from Twitter that uh, someone mentioned yeah. was Ivory Christian from Friday Night Lights. No doubt about it. Probably should, could have been in this category. Um, I'm trying to think of who else you have. On, I mean, Bobby Boucher isn't even Bobby here. Bobby Boucher's not even here. You know, yeah. so you've got those two off the bat. Who else are we missing? Um, um, well, I mean, also from the replacements, not um, John Favreau, but remember the guy that was in you know federal prison. Yep. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Um, was Washington? Uh, something like that. So you're yeah, you're missing him there. I mean, you've got a number of different uh, people who couldn't even get into the category. The final four, we had Alvin Mack from the program. Oh, man, Alvin Mack. Da- Danny Bateman from the replacements. And then the two-headed left-side monster of Julius Campbell and Gary Bertier. Yeah. And in the end, Julius Campbell takes it with 39% of the vote. Alvin Mack, close second at 30%. And I think that's probably how I would end up ranking it when it's all said and done, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I toss in a vote for Danny Bateman, um, if only for that one scene where Hackman tells him that he needs the ball back and he just goes <laughs> and rips yeah. it from the fullback on like yeah. a, a dive play. But, I mean, Campbell, again, great defender. And, you know, remember the Titans, obviously a fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, Alvin Mack, I mean, hard to vote against him. Uh, just a great category, Chuck. I mean, who did you vote for? So I actually I went for Campbell. Uh, okay. He he got my vote here. I would have put Max second uh, in this order. I probably would have gone Bateman third and then Bertier coming in fourth. Okay, um, but you know Julius Campbell, I think in my mind probably heads up the class here uh, and, and ends up winning here by about nine percent of the vote. Um, next one we've got best coach, and this one was a a, a runaway here. The most lopsided. I didn't see this one coming. Most lopsided out of all of them. I think he probably could have predicted this here. Uh, best coach, we have Jimmy McGinty, Tony D'Amato, Herman Boone, and Gary Gaines. And Boone wins with 51% of the vote. I wasn't surprised at all. Really? Y- you you were surprised to see it that way? I was a little surprised. I mean, not, not that he won. I definitely think in terms of the coaching performance out of you know the four of these and probably any not – not even just any football movie, maybe any sports movie – um, you know, Herman Boone's performance was, you know, the stuff of legends. But I think the the margin of victory kind of kind of threw me for a bit. O- only because when you think about football movies and scenes in football movies, that speech 
from Al Pacino, that, you know, six inches in front of your space, that speech. I mean, you Google like YouTube or you go on YouTube to like, you know, find emotional, uplifting, powerful speeches. And that's included along stuff from like Braveheart, along with stuff from like, you know, actual real speeches. So I would have thought that Pacino's character would have gotten more votes here. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that Denzel performance as uh, as Herman Boone, and I think you know it comes in. It's it's a very controlled performance, but still powerful. Whereas Pacino, you know, you talk about that scene, you're just coming at it with every. It's like you know, it's it's a classic when Pacino's on, he's on. The problem is, and you talk about Pacino in that movie. And there's a lot of it where there's kind of some drifting going on. You've got that one scene that probably, you know, you talk about that speech there and it's just, you know, it's, it brings just everything to the table. But you get the sense it wasn't quite there for the entire film. At least that's that's kind of how I felt. Well, I mean, again, it's an Oliver Stone film. So you're getting a lot of like, like even in, during that speech, you get these like weird little cutaways to like... You know, flash forwards <laughs> yeah. with like Pacino, like pointed at Willie Beeman, you even do. though that's not what's happening at the moment. And you get like cutaways to like other things that are going on, like Pacino, like in his apartment, like, you know, mussing his hair or whatever, because he's like on the verge of suicide or whatever. So, yep. and like the way Stone does the film takes, I think, kind of undercuts a lot of the performance. But in just that like five minutes or so, that was incredible. But for the breadth and body and like the completeness of the work, Denzel is amazing in that role. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, moving on here, best quarterback. We had four uh, nominees here: Paul Blake, Shane Falco, John Moxon, and Ronnie Sunshine Bass. Uh, winner here, Shane Falco, taking it with forty-two percent mark. Yeah, didn't see that one coming at all. I thought, and again, I wonder if it's just sort of the way that the audience skews, or you know, the more recent movie here. But I would have thought Blake would have gotten a lot more votes here. See, I was a uh, I was a Moxon guy actually. Really, I went, Johnny Moxon. I went I went Moxon Mox. there. I mean, classic. You know, I don't want your life. You know, it was just like, <laughs> like I, I could I could do that all day, and I've been known yeah. to when I have a couple beers in me. Like, yeah. it's just you know, ugh, I I I wanted Moxon to get there, but unfortunately, he comes in third. Ronnie Sunshine Bass coming in second. I was surprised place. by that. I was a little bit of a sleeper. That. A yeah. little bit of a sleeper. And again, you know, you talk about this here. We're also leaving out, you know, you could probably put another three or four guys yeah. on this list here if you wanted to. So Falco comes away uh, with 42% of the vote, an 11% victory here. Not quite cruising, but a comfortable margin of victory for him. Uh, we then get into uh, the actual acting awards. Okay. Yep. And for best supporting actor, Tim McGraw from Friday Night Lights comes in at 41%, per- 41% just edging John Favreau uh, from, uh, which one was this for? This was for Rudy. This was for Rudy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so Tim McGraw comes in, and personally, I thought McGraw was outstanding he was. In, in Friday Night Lights. It looked, you know, guy who really hadn't acted a whole lot before then comes in uh, and absolutely kills it. Uh, as the uh, the father of uh, fullback, what's his name there? Um, Billingsley, Chad Billingsley, yeah. yeah. Billingsley, party at Taylor's house. You yeah, know? exactly. So uh, Tim McGraw comes away there, and you know, obviously, uh, a, a narrow win for him over John Favreau's character. Uh, we then get into best actor, and this one, this one really surprised me actually. Okay, Matthew McConaughey comes away with it. Hotly contested with 35% of the vote comes away as the winner here. Cuba Gooding Jr. in Jerry Maguire in second. 
Sean Aston as Rudy in third, Omar Epps from the program uh, in fourth. I was a little surprised to see McConaughey that high. I was too. I mean, you think of what Cuba Gooden did in Jerry Maguire. I, I went mean, Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as did I. I. That was just an amazing performance. I mean, it really kind of put Cuba Gooden Jr. on the map. I mean, people quote that movie all. I mean, show me the money. Show me the money. Oh, you've, I mean, just the number of quotes you've got there. You've yeah. got that. You've got the Quan. The ambassador I mean, of Quan. Yeah. You've got just, there's so much there that you can do with it. And, and Cuba just absolutely killed it. Thought McConaughey was good in Weir yeah. Marshall. You know, I thought good, good role for him. I thought it was more of a, from my perspective, it was more of a, a almost a, uh, you know, a caricature than, than a true acting performance, I right. guess. But, you know, clearly, look, the Academy has voted, and uh, the Academy says Matthew McConaughey is the best actor in a football movie here. A little surprising to me. A little surprising to me. I mean, like you said, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. became Rod Tidwell. And I think for a lot of people, he will always be Rod Tidwell. I mean, it's kind of the role that defined him as an actor. Yep. And to see it lose like this, kind of surprising. But, you know, that's that's – that's what the Academy did. We put it up for a vote. That's the result. That was the result. The big one here, best football picture. This one surprised me as well. Not just I've, the I've winner, some, yeah. but the margin of victory. I got some words on this one. Friday Night Lights coming in with 50% of the vote. Next closest was Rudy at 24. The replacements at 19. North Dallas 40 at 7%. What happened? This was a, a shock to me. I... Honestly, if we were really honest and doing this the right way, Friday Night Lights would have been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and that's it, okay? It, of the three Friday Night Lights vehicles, the book, the TV show, and the movie, it's, it's like the third. third best. It is third. Okay, so to name it, to see it win Best Picture – and not even just win it, just to blow out these other three movies. I mean, The Replacements, it's a fun, nice little movie. Okay. Rudy is Rudy. It's like an inspirational story. Like, it's a true story. I mean, come on. That's that's a great movie. And to see North Dallas 40, which might be, honestly, like the definitive football movie come in, like, dead last like this, I was stunned. I was... I saw the results coming in. I saw the early returns and the exit polls. And I had to go for a walk. Well, let's let me. I'm going to do a little defensive Friday Night Lights. I agree with you. It's probably the third best format out of the entire, uh, you know, out of the entire. I don't want to call it series, but out of the source material that's used there. But if there's one thing that Friday Night Lights does incredibly well, it gets you into the atmosphere better than any other football movie that's out there. You know, it, you talk about, you know, getting you into the reality of Odessa, Texas and exactly what it's like. There's no other movie that comes close. The other movies, much more character focused, which, look, you could make the argument that that's what you're trying to build. But in the in Friday Night Lights in the movie, you're, you're talking really about, you know, the town is almost as much of a character as anything else. And you can't really say that about any of these other movies. And that takes that takes some talent to be able to do that the right way. Right, but again, you're working from just an incredible book. You're doing that it's, with Rudy too, though. You've got. Yeah, I mean, you're doing it with Rudy, um, but I mean, I guess I, I'm still trying to stick up a little bit more for North Dallas Forty. Should have gotten more than seven percent. It, it really should have gotten more than seven percent. I mean, it. And again, it. 
gets you you want to talk about like getting into an atmosphere and into an environment i mean this you know more than i think any other film gets you into sort of the what it was like to be a pro football player the good that comes with it the bad that comes with it you know the ups and downs that come with it in you know the 70s and what it's like to live that lifestyle to work hard play hard basically and you know i think i mean i guess i, I don't know I was just really stunned by the 7% result. Part of me wonders if, uh, you know, the Academy now for Best Picture goes to, I think, 10 nominees. I wonder if we had extended this out, if you would have seen the same run of dominance, if you had thrown some of the other films out there well, that I we mean, talked about, like Remember the Titans. Does that, does that pull from the core constituency of Friday Night Lights? It might. Probably. You know? I mean, some other movies that I think that we did haven't gotten to, I mean... Uh, Best of Times with Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. Yep. I mean, I love that movie. And we didn't get really talk about that. I mean, there are some other great characters we didn't see nominated. Um, Billy Bob from Varsity Blues. Yep. The, I mean, no Billy Bob in Varsity Blues. You didn't see him nominated anywhere. We didn't have an O line category, which is probably uh, going to come back to bite us, I would imagine. Oh, we're going to get roasted for that one. But it would have been Billy Bob in a runaway, I think. Oh, well, maybe one of the Sumo guys or the, the twin guards from the replacements. They were good, too. But, you know, you talk about movies that we haven't even uh, touched on here. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you've got the original Longest Yard. You know, you can go in that direction. Um, who, what else can we do? I'm trying to think in terms Heaven of... Heaven Can Wait. Yep. That was yeah. another one that I, I mean, was thinking about. Look, we didn't even talk about Brian's song. Oh, man. You know? <laughs> I mean... I wonder if we, 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 we missed some things here. Think about it. We, did, we didn't go there at all. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we didn't touch on at all here. Um, I'm just kind of going through kind of a inventory at this point. Blindside? Blindside, I, it was good. It wasn't that good. Oh, not, the oh. book was good. What do you got? All the right moves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we probably duffed it on that one. There's a couple of other ones that I'm seeing now from the 80s. We did have... Kathy Ireland from Necessary Roughness, but yep, didn't really mention too much else from that. Um, Everybody's All American. Never saw that. That was a good movie. Dennis Quaid. Never saw it. Yeah. Never I think saw Wildcats. it. Wildcats. Remember that movie? No, I don't. That was with um, Goldie Hawn as a, f a high school football coach for like some like inner city high school. It was actually a pretty good movie. Okay. Okay. Um. You notice we did not mention. I, I don't. I, I don't know if I should jinx it, but we got to bring it up. Draft day. I was actually just going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just. Uh, it's just a. It's. You, you know how they. It's a great premise. I'll say that it's a great premise. It had so much potential, didn't yeah. it? It had so much potential and just never realized it. I wonder how much of that is just due to. Uh, you know, the environment it was produced in now. Just it's you know, it feels just overly commercialized and everything, like the draft sometimes is. Yeah. And you wonder if that movie had been made back in the seventies, eighties, or early nineties, well, would it have been if different? If you made that movie like five years ago, I think it still would have done pretty well. I think to release it when they did, when there's so much draft coverage. I mean there are so many people that you, know, you could go onto draft Twitter and find like 35 people that could probably write a better script <laughs> yeah, you really than could. what they were working with there. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there, if some other website, you know, 
does it and does it better. I mean, than what they did. Maybe we could uh, we could try to do a uh, little treatment for draft day too. See if we could put something together. We could put something together. Um, yeah, we should we should try that. We'll uh, we'll we'll make that a plan. Maybe we do that around this time next year. See if we could have a uh, you know a script for draft day two. Hit the uh, hit the internet and see if we could do something with it. I'm sure we could. Although if I have any role in writing, it's just going to be you know which of the 15 awesome quarterbacks are the team drafting a number one going to take overall because all these quarterbacks are so awesome. Is the uh, is the quarterback that ends up going number one? Is it going to be uh, Larson Mentz? <laughs> it's going to be a tall redheaded kid from <laughs> the Dakotas. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, go, he goes to Montana State. <laughs> yeah, he goes to Montana State. He plays for the the Buffaloes. Meanwhile, there's a rogue GM also out there taking, uh, trying to take a kicker in the first round. Yeah, who is uh, <laughs> unconventional some- by nature, but somehow yeah. has put together a decent track record. Yeah, Robert Aguilar, perhaps <laughs> from um, Florida Central College. I think we've pretty much got it written at this point. Pretty much. Give us 20 more minutes. We'll have draft day two on the web for everybody. You'll have that to look forward to next year. Folks, that's all we've got for the day. Uh, We're back with our regular show tomorrow, getting back into a little bit more draft coverage. Hopefully you did enjoy the first annual football Oscars. Uh, I don't know if there will be a second one since I don't anticipate 30 football (laughs) movies being released this year. So this may be the only one. Limited edition. Get it while you can. We will see you tomorrow on the ITP Quick Kicks podcast. We'll be right back.